On a Sunday morning in Las Vegas, just after 8 o'clock, I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We are here, same time every Sunday morning at 8 on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM at 1340 AM, flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights. We are coming to you from the Wisden in Las Vegas because, because as most of you know, that's listened to the show for the past two-plus years now, we have been booted out of the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio still due to the pandemic. One of these days, I got to believe that's going to change. Um, joining me on the show is our social media director, Spencer The Wiz Ostrovsky. Nobody beats The Wiz. Nobody beats The Wiz. Yeah, The Wiz not only has his own studio, he has his own theme music as well, and he'll be on the show here with us shortly. Hey, well-deserved. Also, back in the Fox Sports Residential Bay Corp studio, producing the Today Show, Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing a number of shows at Lotus Broadcasting, is the locker room reporter for Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. This show is also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. The page is called Out of Line. That's O-U-T-T-A-L-I. And E follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at out of line Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox sports residential bank corp studio line is 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby and it's time for what's on tap. What's on tap brought to you by title sponsor, Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you currently own, Residential Bank Corp. is the company to turn to for all your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp. Funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 today to get information on all the home financing options available in the state of Nevada. On tap, well, Vegas Golden Knights goaltender, that's right, Logan Thompson invited to try out and possibly play for Team Canada. Pretty cool. We'll talk about that during nightcap today. Also, uh, NBA playoffs, man. Never been so many Game 7s in both the NBA and the NHL at the same time in history. It has been really cool. Had a bunch of them yesterday. Four Game 7s today, two in the NHL, two in the NBA. We'll talk about that. Guest today, we've got the infamous Bojo. If you don't know who Bojo is, you haven't attended a sporting event in Las Vegas in a long time. Bojo is everywhere, including on the radio, and he's going to be here with us on Fox Sports Radio uh, just about uh, 20 minutes or so from right now. And also joining the show today, Southern Utah Thunderbirds head coach Todd Simon. If the name sounds familiar, it should. Former coach at Finley Prep, former interim coach at UNLV, assistant coach under both Lon Kruger and Dave Rice and uh, Todd Simon will be joining. He's in town for a coach's clinic that's going on at Coast Coaches versus Cancer as well in town. So Todd will be joining to talk about that in a little while. And um, history made kind of in Major League Baseball yesterday 
Again, if you haven't heard about this, uh, I'm not going to say it was a shot heard around the world, but it's a shot that made every baseball fan take notice that happened yesterday in the game between the Angels and the Oakland A's. And we'll talk about that a little later on. We'll also have the Las Vegas Aviators report and Aces Up talking about the Las Vegas Aces. All that and more that is what's on tap if you are looking to buy a home or to refinance the home you currently own. Choose a company you can trust. Residential Bank Corp. Funding America. One neighborhood at a time. Again, call 7 1645720 for details on your home financing options in the state of Nevada. Spence, what's going on, man? Grab the microphone. Uh, what, what, what's happening? You know, I'm, I'm dying over here. I uh, had a great day yesterday, but it was the first day we started approaching triple digits, right? You know, that's going to happen in Nevada. We, we had all the way to mid-May, so you can't really complain about it. But um, Brian Shapiro took me out yesterday to the infamous Las Vegas Country Club. Historical, I should say. Really, really, really cool time. I was out with Chris, Chris Matthews from Channel 8. Came playing with us. Another friend of his, Ron, a really good guy. Had a good time. But, man, 18 holes in 100-degree weather beats the hell out of you. And right now, I don't feel like I went around with Mike Tyson because I probably wouldn't be around if I went around with Mike Tyson. But I definitely feel like I got beaten up. No, that sounds like a really good time. Uh, I've been to the Country Club one time. Great place, obviously. It's been around for a long time, but I'm doing well. I'm getting close to getting my teaching license. That's what I've been focused on in the past couple of months. So studying about six hours a day and just trying to get through it. Uh, and, and, and Spence, you, you already got your degree last year. Now your teaching's license. You're going to have about 17 hats, and that will be very similar to the guy back in studio in Fox, our Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio back there, taking care of all the buttons, pushing, uh, handling the wheels of steel today, Chris Magnum Chapman, and he's going to join me right now. Let's go to uh, hit right, right away, Spence. Let's get to nightcap. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. Starts here. Uh, Chris, I'll let you join right away. Kind of cool news for Logan Thompson. I'm getting a call uh, from Shane Doan, who is uh, the general manager for Team Canada. And, you know, the guy filling in for Robin Leonard did a great job, kept the Golden Knights in it. And I'll say he did keep minute because they just did not produce a lot of offense towards the end of the season. And Logan Thompson, probably one of the brightest and best surprises of this past season, which ended in disappointment with the Knights not making the playoffs. But um, what a great opportunity to get a call to go play for Team Canada. A guy who, yeah, last year, AHL goaltender of the year, but still a uh, first year getting significant playing time in the National Hockey League and getting a call to play at Team, Tan Team Canada, which really has their pick of the cream of the crop. Yeah, I mean, obviously not, not every player is eligible, obviously, because of um, the fact that a lot of guys are still playing in the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, to have an opportunity for Logan Thompson to, to go to the World Championships and play with the best players in the world who are still, uh, you know, are, are part of the, the World Championships, it's it's really another story in his journey because you, you you look at the path that this kid has taken the last couple of years, and, you know, I, I don't think he played against Italy um, the other day for, for Canada. They won that game 6-1, but, you know, he, he did play their first game, which was against Germany, and Canada won that 5-3. So not only did he have an opportunity to go, but he had an opportunity to play. So, 
you know, it, even if he doesn't play another game, it's still really cool, a really cool experience. And I think it's something that's going to make Logan Thompson a better player. Look, I mean, this this kid is, is truly his story. It's almost like a, a Disney story, you know, and it sounds so cliche, but like this, the, the path that this kid has taken to get to this point in his career it's almost unheard of in, in this day and age in the NHL because basically to play, from what I've been told, college hockey in Canada is pretty far below college hockey in the United States, right? Like we think of the NHL draft and how many players last year were drafted from the University of Michigan in the first round. Well, college hockey in Canada, not very many kids get drafted. So Logan Thompson was an undrafted free agent. I believe he was actually cut from the Brandon Wheat Kings by Kelly McCrimmon, which is kind of funny. That, that I, I don't know all this for a fact, but this is what I've been told. Um, and so he he took the hard road to the NHL, and it's 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 pretty remarkable because here he is today playing for Canada in the World Championships, which has got to be such a great honor. I mean, I, I, I could only imagine. I think when we were all kids and we played sports, we all dreamed of putting on the jersey for, in, in our cases, you and me, the United States. Um so to be able to to put the, the jersey on for Team Canada has to be a dream come true for Logan Thompson. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, to compete in these international events, potentially win medals, a gold medal to know that you were a goaltender for your national team in, uh, you know, in national championships, the Olympics, what have you, that that's something every kid dreams about. And Logan Thompson, a few years ago, if you would have told him, not only would he be playing for the Vegas Golden Knights and, uh, and, and playing significantly down the stretch in a playoff run, but he'd be playing for Team Canada as well in the same year. This is like hitting the lottery for the kid. And exactly, Chris, if you haven't checked out the story, we're not going to lay it out for you right now, but definitely check out Logan Thompson and find out his road. People will say a 25-year-old basic rookie in the national hockey league. well wow that's old to get your start see what he did to finally get his start and get his opportunity and the best part about it is when you get that opportunity to make the most out of it and granted the golden knights fell just short of making the playoffs this year but definitely not the fault of their basically rookie goaltender in logan thompson who really in many games kept them it kept them in it and i'll even give him credit for them winning a few of those games down the stretch played a hell of a, a job and it's going to create uh i don't want to say issues but lauren brassois next year i don't think he'll be a golden knight i think logan thompson has definitely proven he can fit in in a backup role Will he compete for the starting job? I don't think so. I think that's still Robin Leonard's until they either make a change. And if they make a change, they're going to go out and get another goaltender that maybe Logan Thompson can compete with. But I think he is looked at right now as the Golden Knights' second goaltender going in the next season, although Lauren Brossois is still on the team. So who knows? Maybe he'll get an opportunity as well. There's going to be a lot of changes. I think the biggest question mark this season, uh, being, a, being a, uh, a free agent, is going to be Riley Smith what they're going to do with him. Riley Smith had a decent season before his injury. He is such an integral part. One of the original misfits left on this team, a hugely popular player for the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's going to be interesting seeing what happens with him. And it's going to be interesting seeing what happens with management. If this team doesn't get off to a decent start next year, Kelly McCrimmon, not the favorite of a lot of players. That's a fact. 
And, uh, you know, and, and again, um, you know, you really haven't seen an improvement or even staying on the same level since uh, George McPhee uh, basically stepped down from that position, took a, another position with the Golden Knights. But I'm not sure he shouldn't get more involved. And again, uh, you know, Pete DeBoer, um, I, I, the guy's a good, good coach. If you don't think Pete DeBoer is a, a solid National Hockey League coach, you haven't paid attention. But yes, this year, a little bit of a head scratcher. But again, you've got to take injuries into account. I'm going to leave the Golden Knights subject alone, Chris, and get to these Stanley Cup playoffs. And I know Spencer's got a lot of sound to shift through. So get ready with the very first thing that I wanted to talk about. Something that happened earlier in the week. As a matter of fact, it happened in Tuesday on game five in the St. Louis Blues, uh, in, in the St. Louis Blues series against the Minnesota Wild, Marc-Andre Fleury. You don't see this very often or hear this very often in the National Hockey League. But uh, this is what happened um, on uh, on Tuesday night, I should say, in a game. This is uh, something uh, Vladimir Tarasenko did for the Dallas, uh, excuse me, for the St. Louis Blues. Pretty incredible, and this is the sound of that, and you'll hear it right now. Not just a hat trick, but a natural hat trick for Tarasenko. Three goals on three shots in the third period. Chris, I mean, you know, think about that. Three shots. Now, you know, obviously Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't like this statistic uh, playing for the Minnesota Wild, but how incredible is that? Three goals on three shots in the third period uh, to give the Blues basically put them up in the series and they would eventually win the series four games to two over the pretty heavily favored Minnesota Wild. Um it's spectacular when you see something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I I, I will pat myself here on the back, and I, I did predict the St. Louis Blues would win that series. I just I just like the fact that they could roll a bunch of lines. I think they're a live dog against the Colorado Avalanche. But you know, the the the, the weird thing about that is it was a natural hat trick for for Vladimir Tarasenko. The game was tied at two going into the third period, and Tarasenko scores the three straight goals, including an empty netter to put the Minnesota Wild to bed in that game. Uh, you know the. The Wild, I think Dean Evison really screwed up. He's their he's their coach. He was totally outmaneuvered by Craig Berube, a guy who has the, the the history of winning a Stanley Cup not too long ago. For the St. Louis Blues, it's the first time they've won a playoff series since they won the Saint, the Stanley Cup. So a big win for those guys. But I think Dean Evison really, really overthought his hand. I didn't think Marc-Andre Fleury was particularly spectacular in that series. He was okay, but he certainly wasn't good enough to carry that team to a win. And he waited too long to make the change. I understand you you came back to Minnesota tied at two. But the reality is, at that point, Marc-Andre Fleury had not been the guy that you had hoped that he was going to be when you acquired him. You left Cam Talbot on the bench and put him in an impossible situation where the Wild had their backup against the wall. It was really unfair, I think, for, for the Wild to do that to Cam Talbot. Look, he was an all-star goalie. And I think at the end of the day, Making that move for Marc-Andre Fleury backfired on the Minnesota Wild. And and maybe fans here don't want to hear that, but Marc-Andre Fleury is his, his, his biggest critic. And he will tell you that he was not good, and that's not good enough to win in that series. I mean, that, that was a really strange series because every game it seemed like was a blowout. Um, but Craig Berube, he had zero qualms about pulling Vili Husso after two bad games. I think maybe Dean Evison should have thought a little bit harder about waiting until or not waiting until game six to pull Marc-Andre Fleury and playing his all-star goalie. 
I mean, that was the only start in the series for Cam Talbot. He was 13-0-3 in his final 16 games as a starter for the Wild, and he saw one game in the first round, and for the second time in a row, the Minnesota Wild go down in heartbreaking fashion, a team that really deserved a lot better than what they got, I think. You know, Chris, I agree with you, and, and there's no way I'm going to sit here and bag on Mark andre Fleury. He wasn't terrible, but he was far from great, and like you said, he was not carrying that team, and I was shocked how long they waited to make the move to tell, but you're, 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 you're playing a player based on history. But when you got a guy pushing 38 years old, that, that really we have seen a fall off uh, at the end of last year. I mean, my God, there's no question. He carried the golden Knights or not carried him, but was a huge part of the reason they got to the conference finals against the Montreal Canadians last year. And, uh, you know, there, there, it was a, he was a big part of it, but he also was the reason that they lost the series. And I talked about it yesterday on the golf course with Chris Matthews and Brian. I'm like, you know, when, when, you know, Brian Spiro is a big fan of, uh, you know, they should have kept Kurt Fleury. They should have kept him. I was one that said last year that when we had Mike McKenna and I was arguing with Mike McKenna saying that he's gone and I knew he was going to be gone and it was a right move at the right time. Yes. They didn't get anything for him because they didn't, they didn't have to, what they got was they got a, some, some monetary help because he, 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 he commanded $8 million or $7 million, but Marc-Andre Fleury's gaffe last year in the postseason, it should not be indicative of this guy's career. It should not tarnish his career in any way, shape, or form. But the bottom line is history changed because of that gaffe. Because well, he, opinion, he, had a, he had a pretty big gaffe in, in, in the series as well. It led to a, a St. Louis goal. So He did. He did. But my point is, Chris, is you know if, if he doesn't have that gaffe, the Knights take the two to one lead in the series. And I really think it is a different series and a different outcome. I still will say, and I said it then the Tampa Bay lightning last year. And again, they're starting to scare me this year, but they were going to win the Stanley cup final, but the golden Knights would have been in it two of the four years of their existence. Yeah. And again, that just adds to their lead to, to the, to their legacy. And they didn't get that. Yes. Three conference finals in four years is amazing. But again, it doesn't matter. You didn't make the Stanley Cup Finals, and you you have to look at that. By letting him get out of town, and I said it last year, everybody forgot the gaffe. Well, it was, a, it, was a, it was a fresh start, right? You got to start over, hit yes. the reset button. And, you know, I mean, people will, will argue this until, you know, who knows when. But I'm with you. I, I still think it was the right move. Um, look, he was, he was making over $7 million. You, you would not. Here's, a, here's the, the reality of it. The Golden Knights would not have Jack Eichel today if they had kept Marc-Andre Fleury. That's a fact. They would not have no had the cap space. They, they just would not have had the room. So no. I think you you it was, I don't want to say addition by subtraction, right, because that's not the right way to phrase it, but it was a move that allowed the franchise to move forward. Look, I, I don't particularly like the way it happened, just like I didn't particularly like the way Gerard Gallant was fired, but the reality is, a lot of people will, 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 will be upset and, oh, why didn't you fire Pete DeBoer? Well, the reality is you look at Gerard Gallant in the final 75 games or whatever it was for the Golden Knights, and he had a below 500 record. I don't particularly like the, the, the way they handled it, and look, that's fine. I, we could disagree on that. We can agree on that, whatever. But at the end of the day, the Golden Knights made the right decision when they they weren't going to win the Stanley Cup with Marc-Andre Fleury in that this year either because well, the Chris, team, like, like Marc-Andre Fleury does not miraculously make up all the points Golden Knights would have needed to make the playoffs. It's just, it's just the way it is. He doesn't oh, Chris, score in shootouts, you know. So, now, and I'm going to say, Chris, I, I agree. And it's, it, you know, it is the the one thing again. And I said this the first year. I harped on it. You remember this that at some point in time, 
the shine is going to come off and people are going to realize, you know, you can't have success every single season. The injury bug was huge this year, and you can't blame that on Pete DeBoer. You might blame part of the system on Pete DeBoer. I don't have an issue with that. If you if you want to talk about some of the things, you know, that that, that I had a problem with, with Pete DeBoer, I didn't love the 1-1-3 neutral zone play that he, the system he set up. Again, I, I talked about that last week. I think that it, it, it it's too passive, and I think it works great when teams try to carry the puck in, but again, when you're using that defense, if they if they play dump and chase, you're going to get burned playing that, but that's Pete DeBoer's style, and the bottom line is he knows what he's doing. You, you have to play the hand that's dealt to you. I'm a huge Gerard Gallant fan. I'm so happy that the Rangers have, have forced a game seven. We'll talk about that right now in a second. Matter of fact, in a second, um, but, but really, you know, it's professional sports and change is inevitable. It happens every season. You're going to see changing of players, changing of the guard. I agree. Ryan Reeves was a hugely popular player, but people forget. I remember when Ryan Reeves arrived in the 2017, 18 season, and everyone was thrilled with this team. They were a finesse hockey team, but as they got towards the playoffs, they needed to add toughness and they added Ryan Reeves. People booed it first. It was hilarious. Yeah. And sure enough, a month, and a half later, they are cheering. There's number 75 jerseys all over the arena. And then they were furious when he got let go. This is professional sports. And changes have to be made monetarily. There's salary caps. And also, these guys in the positions to make the decisions have to look at the performance of players and look at what is available out there. And Chris, a great point. If Fleury is still here, based on the money he was getting, Jack Eichel would and people, if you haven't wrapped your arms around Jack Eichel yet, you better start because this is a top 10, close to a top five player in the National Hockey League. He is that good. He was right behind Connor McDavid in the draft, and there is a reason for that. He is a spectacular hockey player. Chris, let's move on because I got Bojo on the line, and I want to get him up in the next three minutes or so. But I wanted to really quickly talk about this Stanley Cup playoffs. We had three – it is amazing – Five of the eight series went to game seven. And then you have what's going on in the NBA. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But just incredible yesterday. That series against the Leafs, Nick Paul scores both goals against for, uh, for the, uh, the Lightning. A guy that doesn't score a lot of goals lights up the lamp twice, and they beat the Leafs two to one. The Toronto Maple Leafs are the first team in Major League Baseball, NBA, or NHL history to lose a winner-take-all game in the opening round of the playoffs five years in a row. Pretty spectacular when you got a guy like Austin Matthews, one of the top two players in the National Hockey League. There's always going to be an argument who's better, him or Connor McDavid, but Austin Matthews, a prolific goal, goal scorer, a big man that knows how to use his body, not a guy you can rough up. Well, he plays defense, too. Just, <laughs> oh, my God. Just, one of the best two-way players I've ever seen. He's an unbelievable hockey player. But the bottom line is Toronto has now lost 10 straight potential series clinching uh, it's the second longest streak in the NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball history. Um, that only the Arizona Coyotes from 1990 to 2012, they lost 13 straight, Ouch. which is pretty incredible. But you were talking about it's been 18 years since their last playoff series win. 
it is getting frustrating. And after the game, Spencer, uh, we have some we have some sound that I definitely want to get to here. But uh, check this out. First, we'll hear from Tampa Bay's coach. And Tampa Bay, again, finds a way to win a series in the first round. Is this going to get the engine rolling again? This is a really good team. John Cooper, one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League that people don't talk enough about. But um, here's what he had to say after the game. I don't think you have done what we've done the last couple of years unless you have players that can respond the way they did and they've done it time and time again and and they shouldn't be surprised they did it yeah I, you know i don't think anybody should be surprised don't be surprised if uh if uh tampa bay starts a big run again but after the game you heard from austin matthews and we'll play these back-to-back spence austin matthews who had nine points in the series followed by um by Mitch Marner, who uh, you could just hear the pain and frustration in Mitch's voice, both those post-game interviews right now. Yeah, it's uh, really frustrating. It's really disappointing. Uh, like you said, I thought every guy in there competed and gave it their all. Uh, ultimately, they you know, made one more play than us, and they were able to, uh, to win the game, obviously. So, so I was going to sting for quite a bit. So, um, you know, i got to make sure uh, everyone just... Whenever they go home to the summertime, make sure that uh, come back as a better team, strength-wise, faster, quicker. Um, we're getting sick and tired of feeling like this, so we we, uh, we gotta make sure we're ready for this upcoming season. Yeah, you gotta be sick and tired of I me. Mean, five straight years bowing out in a winner-take-all game. <laughs> I mean, how frustrating that has to be for the, the Toronto Maple Leaf fans, but the players, the management, it's insane. And, and you've got one of the best players in the game on your team, and it's definitely not his fault. He had nine points. Austin Matthews did his job, but they have got to find a way to win, and uh, they're not going to do it uh, unless they make some changes there. And, and those changes, I'm sure we'll see uh, some heads rolling in Toronto because that team was definitely expected to do better than they've done this year. Uh, also, another series, you know, the L.A. Kings and the Edmonton Oilers. I thought for sure the Kings, when they took the 3-2 lead in the series, Jonathan Quick between the pipes, playing like he did three or four years ago, we were going to see the Kings advance, which I did not want to see, obviously, being a Vegas Golden Knights fan now. Uh, the Kings are one of the biggest rivalries. Didn't want to see them move on. We're not going to. And Connor McDavid, after the game, finally, the Edmonton Oilers are moving on and winning a series. The second time he's been able to do that in his illustrious career to this point. Still one of those guys, but here's Connor McDavid after uh, after the game. It feels good to win a playoff round. You know, it's only our, only my second that I'm a part of, so um, doesn't happen uh, uh, as regularly as uh, as you think. But um, so it's it's definitely a special feeling. Uh, pretty cool for them. And also the other game seven yesterday, the early game, uh, Carolina beat Boston, which made me really happy. I can't, I'm tired of Boston winning anything. Uh, the Patriots gave them enough. I'm done with the with this. It was kind of nice to see uh, Carolina, who was expected to win this series, come through. Pretty crazy in this series. The home team won every single game of the series. And um, Carolina now tied for the most consecutive wins in a winner-take-all game. They have won six winner-take-all games in a row, ba- dating back to 2006 now. Pretty cool. And uh, how about Ty Domi's son, Max Domi, 
Ty Domi known for a guy that beat people up. Max, not really a prolific goal scorer, but yesterday was a part of all three points. Had two goals, one assist in the game. Pretty cool. The, uh, the first playoff goals he's ever scored. He played in 16 playoff games. Now finally gets a couple of goals. Uh, first two since he's come over from Columbus this year uh, in the playoffs for him. So pretty nice to see uh, Carolina come through in that series and win. And two more games today, which you're going to see. Um, you're going to see the Penguins and the Rangers at four o'clock. Uh, Wow, the Rangers coming back and Gerard Gallant. We talked about that, Chris. How nice is it to see Gerard Gallant have that success? They've counted the Rangers out. They were finished. I'm wearing the original six hat today on the show. The only team in the original six left is my Rangers uh, over here on this side right here. And I'm pulling for them today against, uh, uh, you know, I'm pulling for them. I can't stand the Penguins. But uh, <laughs> the Penguins have won their last three game sevens dating back to 2017, which was their last one. And the Rangers are nine and two game sevens in game seven since 1990. And they defeated the Penguins in 2014 in the second round. But how cool for Gerard Gallant. Yeah. You know, that, that whole series changed when Sidney Crosby got, got knocked out. Um, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the Rangers um, and their game seven since 1990. I remember two of them. Actually, I remember three of them. Very, very vividly. I remember, obviously, the Stanley Cup win when they beat the Vancouver Canucks in just an incredible... That, that series was one of the best uh, finals I, I can recall. I mean, it was just so good. So many great players in that series. Obviously, I, I, I remember that. But I also remember they beat the Devils in a Game 7 to get there. I believe it was a double overtime game, if I'm not mistaken. And then I think they lost to the Devils in a Game 7. Obviously, growing up a Devils fan, you, you remember those things. But... um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy for Gerard Gallant. Look, I I like the Penguins. I like Sidney Crosby. I I, I like, you know, a, a lot of their players. Uh, Jake Gensel's been really really good in the series, but the reality is Sidney Crosby got knocked out in Game Five, and the entire complexion of the series changed. Yep. So um, I believe he he from some of the things I've read, it sounds like he he may play today. Um, so I hope he does, and I hope he's healthy. I hope he's 100. percent But you know, another concussion. It's kind of scary if that's what happened, and. For Sidney Crosby, you, you hope that that's not the case, and you hope he's just he's going to be fine. But I mean that that's been a great series, and and the Rangers are are definitely uh, live here, man. I mean, look, it's uh, it, it's pretty wild to to think that the Rangers were down three to one, and here we are in Game Seven. And yeah, about the Oilers, I wanted the Kings to win, but I'm glad we're going to get an. Well, I shouldn't say that because Calgary now needs to hold up their end of the deal. I thought for sure they would shut the door on on Dallas the other night. They have not been impressive. Uh, they were a team that I thought well, was was really going to go deep, and and Brian, they they just have not really been impressive. No, and and I'll say this: the, the thing is with Dallas is Bennington. I mean, my God in heaven, you better give that guy a gigantic raise because he has played lights out. If he played like this all season long, long, the guy would be in line for the Vesna Trophy. That's how well he's played in this Calgary series. It's been fun to watch, and uh, and I'll tell you what. Calgary's going to have to get the puck past him today. If this guy plays like he has been, Dallas is going to move on in the series. Last one, lastly, uh, again, that game's at 6.30, and it's the first time these teams have met in the Game 7. Pretty cool. Both teams have scored exactly 12 goals during the se- during the series, so we'll see what happens in that game. I don't want to waste any more time. He's been on hold for a while. We are going to bring in the infamous, and I mean that, the infamous in Las Vegas. If you don't know this guy, you haven't attended sporting events. That's all there is. Bojo! What is yeah, happening, my well, friend? Yes, you, you got all. You could have added some more adjectives and, uh, yeah, infamous. Yeah, uh, hey, I will. I mean, I'll, I'll talk all about you know? this guy, man. Bojo, the borderline icon. <laughs> hey, let hey, me tell Brian, you, man. It's great to be here, man. 
it's great to have you on the show. If you're not familiar, he's at Q100 Vegas. Yeah. He's the honor talent at uh, Odyssey Inc- Incorporated. Uh, yeah. He's also the in-arena host at the Henderson Silver Knights, on-court game MC in the game operations at the NBA Summer League, um, in-stadium host for the Las Vegas Lights, and uh, the fill-in host at T-Mobile Arena for the Vegas yes. Golden Knights. Magnum yeah. and I were talking about you before the show. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you, you forgot um... – we got it. We got a new in arena, uh, arena football team. Oh, that's right. The arena the football team. Come on, man. Yeah, don't forget about the, the Vegas Nighthawks. Okay, that's that's. I, I think no, we got you're it. right. You're right. I, I haven't we been to the Nighthawks game yet, and I've got to attend one. But in all seriousness, yeah, Pojo, you know, we met a couple of years ago on another friend of our show. We got to be on the show that's together, right. and and I got to tell you, since that time, you were already doing a lot. It is amazing how your schedule is so full up, yet you find time for charity events. I see yeah. on Facebook you find time for your family. My friend, how do you do all this, man? Because I think I'm a busy guy, and I yeah. can't complain when I look at you. You know, I don't know. I think it starts with, well, thank you, Brian, for all, you know, everything you said. Uh, I appreciate that. And once, once again, I'm glad to be here with you. You know, we've been talking about doing this for a while. Uh, but I, you know, for my schedule, I don't know. I think it's just something uh, – it just, it was second nature for me. I just watching how my parents work. Uh, uh, my, my, I have a Jamaican mother. My dad's from West Africa. He's from Ghana. And this is just the way they moved. You know, uh, this is what I saw. They just, they worked and found, found time for, you know, their two kids. And, and so it's the same way with me where um, no matter what, you know, I, I, I put myself in a position to where um, I'm not, afraid to turn down a job if I know, you know, it, it's worth it to me, you know, if there's value for me uh, and, and I'm going to do it. And I know there's going to be benefits from it. And like last time we were able to do a show together a couple of years ago, I was, I was doing a couple things and because of the hard work. It, it's landed me some more stuff, put myself out there, you know, but um, it, I don't know, you know, I, I do it. I don't complain about doing it. Only thing I might complain about is not being as home with my family as much, but it, but my kids don't feel, you know, it's not, crazy because i wake up every morning you know with my kids i come home every night i'm waking up with my kids i get the time with them and you, you also got to remember too my day job is you know i work on you know q100.5 and it, it, that's monday through friday but the cool thing is i'm on two to seven so i'm on you know it's a five hour gig so i have that time in the day to hang out with my family and, and the kids and then my, and then i'm done at seven so i have the night and then it, when, when the weekends come that's when i have games and those that's when the schedule gets real crazy you know but you know i'm able to manage it and i i, I know where the priorities are but you know and i'm doing this for my family so i'm, I'm having a good time because the city's thriving i know we're about to talk about vegas the city well, of is course but i, I gotta tell you, you know it's got to be cool for your kids too because you know, with all that you've done now, you got to be recognized a lot when you're out. And and for your kids, you know, as young kids, it's pretty cool. Once in a great while, it happens to me, and my kids think it's the coolest thing ever. So, you know, that's a really cool thing. Bojo. I'm all right we, to the kids. I'm all right. We, <laughs> hey, we will talk about Vegas, but I want to ask you, out of all the things you're doing now, and, and this – this is putting you on the spot a bit because okay. you got a lot of people that are going to look at you mm-hmm. from different entities and say, well, why aren't we your fan? What's the coolest thing you do right now to you? What do you enjoy the most? Man. Uh, okay. So I got to be honest. I, man, okay. So it's a tough question because there's a little bit of everything I love. You know, I'm, when I'm, when I'm with so your GM at Q105 is sitting there right now with a pen and paper, writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Okay. So, so it all started for me. Uh, with NBA Summer League. That was the, the first gig I got to host. 
uh, you know, be, be, have that mic in my hand to do my thing back in 2013. And then that led me to uh, run a rebel. So, I mean, there's a little, I, I was doing, I, was, I don't even know if we mentioned how, you know, how, how, how I'll do some of the, you know, you and I'll be running rebel games too. And then, so oh, I yeah. started doing that. So it's a tough question, Brian. I, I love, I love lights games. I'm a soccer guy. I don't know if you know this. I, you know, what brought me to Vegas is I, I played soccer at UNLV back in the late nineties. So I am a soccer dude. I, I played goalkeeper. So when right. I got from, uh, I came on board with the lights. That was a pretty cool situation because I always wanted to be a professional. When I grew up, I, I wanted to either be a professional soccer player or I wanted to be like Arsenio Hall. And so when I got on the mic doing light hosting lights games, it was a little bit of both. I was that host like Arsenio and I was, you know, hosting a professional soccer match matches. But they give me a lot of freedom there at the cash and field. Have you been at to a lights game yet? I have not yet. You know, shame oh, on me. I got to get down. Yeah. I think I'm going to come to the game because Jose Canseco is a friend of mine, and I know he's he's hitting home runs with softballs, uh, autographed yeah. home runs coming up here at the end of the month, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's on the tw- Friday and May 27th. Yep. I got to hang out with uh, Canseco the other day. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So lights. I saw games you over at his house. Tell me something. Yeah. Did you see the poker table? I was I went I I hung out with yes, Jose I for did. the Super Bowl and I yes, was at his house for the Super Bowl. How cool is that poker yeah, table? Yeah, man. man. He's, yeah, he's got a, a nice little setup over there. That's a nice little gig right there. He's yeah, got a nice little setup. But no, you know what? I love the lights games because they give me a lot of freedom. It's just me. I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm an in arena host or a stadium host, and they also have me being an announcer. And so I'm up and down the sidelines, Brian. I don't know if you know. I'm up and down the oh, sidelines on the mic, and they let me borderline trash talk a little bit you know what i mean so i get a lot of freedom out there but obviously you know anytime i can get in there in the fortress that's that's a whole nother level that is you know being in the fortress there's nothing better in sports entertainment and, and then the product that vegas golden knights brings you know and so that's why i was excited you know to jump on board with the silver knights but you know as well so tough question i love them all and i and I, br- I have a blast i bring the energy i bring the fun so but but nice try. I love them all. <laughs> and, 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 and last thing on that thing, what is out of all things, if you could pick it out, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've been asked this question before. What's the coolest thing or the most unique thing w- with what you do that you've experienced? I, you know, I don't know if it's unique, but the coolest thing for me every game is, you know, walking that concourse, you know, whether it's the concourse where I have to get to the court or the ice and just seeing the fans, and especially after the pandemic, and seeing the fans, dapping them up, high-fiving them, I, that, that to me is the best, seeing the smile, you know, because it allows me to, you know, engage with them, and they appreciate what I'm doing, because I'm just, you know, considered a little co-star to the game, you know. Obviously, the action that's going on in the field or the court or the ice is, you know, the star, you know, the priority. But then, you know, in, in between the whistles or in between the periods and the quarters, that's when I come in and try to keep the fans entertained and engaged. And when I get to link up with fans on the concourse and they show me love, I get to show them love back and, and just get to meet different people in our community. I, that's my favorite part, to be honest with you. Well, I got to tell you, you definitely, man, you get people going. You really bring energy, and it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. And Las Vegas, I mean, Bojo, you've got to experience this. Is, is you know What has happened here over the past several years yeah. um, has just been nothing short of incredible. Uh, 2017, we have the tragedy of October 1st, and then the Knights come in and right afterwards and just have this incredible season. I, I said it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen, not just...
just the fact that the Golden Knights made history and did something no other expansion team has ever done in history, but um, something uh, something that's really really cool that they did was to be able to unite this community. And after two after October first and then their season. I saw people, that, strangers walking down the street, people saying hi to each other, something I hadn't experienced before that happened in Las Vegas. Oh, 100%. And uh, I was lucky enough to go to that uh, that inaugural game. And I'd never felt, it was it was the wildest sporting event I've ever been to. There different emotions, you know, you know, because they, they honored, you know, the 58 people we lost from October 1. And then next thing you know, we're scoring like, five goals out of nowhere. I'm like, what the hell? And it was just, it was amazing, you know? And then, yeah, you're right. Like that, that season, it brought this community together and, and DGK did a great job just embracing, you know, that we didn't know what was going to happen. And, and, and they 100% embraced the community, the community embraced them back. And next thing you know, just the average sports fan is the biggest hockey fan now in this city, right? You know what I mean? And, 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 and that's what I love about it, the, the passion that our, our city brought, you know, behind VGK. And it, yeah, it, it, it was it, it was remarkable to be a part of. And like you said, witnessing it all and just seeing everybody in the community get together and high-fiving and, and just have each other's back was, was, you know, was amazing. Yeah, I'd say it was a bucket list thing for me, but I, I wouldn't even cons- consider putting something like that on the bucket list because who would think something like that would ever happen? Really cool. Yeah, exactly. He is the one and only Bojo. We appreciate it. Bojo, tell people how they can follow you and what do you got coming up? Oh, yeah. So you can follow me on all things social at Bojo underscore live. Uh, like we talked about it. You can get me Monday through Friday. We play that real good music on Q100.5, those throwbacks. Brian, I know you like Ice Cube. I know you like Janet Jackson. I know you used to dance to MC Hammer. Absolutely. We squeezed a little bit of Drake. We got that Bruno Mars. We got Boyz II Men. You, yes, 100.5, 2 to 7 on your drive home. You know, tune me in. It's a good look. It's always a, that real good music. And then uh, we mentioned uh, Lights Game. I'm going to be out there. Oh, actually, you know what? We got a Vegas Nighthawks game next Saturday. We'd love you guys to come out. Have you been to the Dollar Loan Center yet, Brian? I have been to the Dollar Loan Center. Okay, you gotta come through. Beautiful. Yeah, you gotta come through. Yes, it's great. And and that place, you know, it's very very intimate. And if you have not experienced arena football, it's fast, it's fun, it's entertaining. And I'm in there getting everybody fired up. So we got a game uh, May 21st. uh, Yes, next Saturday. We'd love to see you guys out there. And then also don't forget about uh, Friday, kickoff Memorial Day weekend with Jose Canseco. He's gonna be hitting autographed uh, softballs into the stands at halftime. Could be wild. And did you catch this, Brian? Did you know it's Dollar Juice Night at the Cashman Field that night? You get you wow. see what they're doing there? Dollar <laughs> Juice Night. Jose signed it. He was, yes, he approved. The no shame yeah, whatsoever. So, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> just make sure you follow me at Bojo underscore live, all things social. And uh, and uh, wherever I'm at, I'm, uh, we're having a good time. And, uh, you know, sports, entertainment, music, that's where I'm at. Robert Aka, the one and only Bojo. We appreciate you, my friend. Thanks so much for joining the show. Hey, Brian, thanks for having me. Let me know next time, man. You can can hit me up if you want to talk some hoops. We we will have you on to talk sports. I'm going to bring you in studio next time. We'll get you here early in the morning on a Sunday. We'll have you, and I'll see you out at that game on the 25th. That'll be my first lights game. Got it, got it. Hoops, and uh, we'll do some fantasy football, too. You don't, you don't Would love to. And, hey, maybe one game. Who knows? They'll see you running up and down the sidelines. The goalie will get hurt, and Bojo will be in net. He does everything else. Oh. The one and only Bojo, we appreciate you, man. Thanks again. Thanks, Brian. You guys have a good one.
Absolutely. Let's jump right over to our other guest right now, who I know is on the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio, holding patiently. Uh, you, if, you re- if you don't recognize the ga- name, you should. Former coach at Finley Prep here in Las Vegas, former interim coach and assistant coach, both under Lon Kruger and Dave Rice for UNLV, and a very successful coach the past couple of years for the Southern, Southern Utah Thunderbirds in town for a coach's clinic this week. Todd Simon joins the show now. Todd, thanks for being patient and holding on. Welcome to Out of Line. Oh, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, Todd, 2021 Big Sky Coach of the Year. You have turned that program around, won the Jim Phelan Award uh, for National Coach of the Year Award, which is formally, uh, well, it's actually for the, um, uh, it's, it's an award given annually to the most outstanding men's college basketball head coach in NCAA Division I non-mid-major conference competition. Uh, Todd, you have to love this, man. Turning this program around, getting to do what you what you do, and you're not that terribly far from Las Vegas, where people can still come out and see you. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's been a fun ride. We we took on kind of a big challenge a few years back, and, and wanted to kind of see if we could, you know, apply what we do and 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 take something that was really really kind of struggling for for a lot of years, and and, and kind of see if this. Uh, blueprint would work and and we've luckily been having success the last couple of years and and uh you're right it is it's nice to be a couple hours up the road and, and, and be able to kind of uh still come back to our second home uh here in las vegas well todd real quickly before we talk about what you're doing in las vegas and the clinic that's uh, wrapping up today that's been going on this weekend here um Tell me about what what the challenge when you get there. It's a team that's well under 500, a team that really needs a facelift, and you get there and do this. What was your biggest challenge to get this done and get that team from where they were then when you first started there about five or six years ago to right now? Yeah, you know, the challenge, you know, we had some uh, seasons, two wins, and really over the course of four years, they averaged about four and a half uh, Division One wins. And uh, so we knew, you know, that this was, you know, at the uh, down and out program. You know, it was, it was struggling as much as any program in the country at that time, and that was part of the the, the draw, quite honestly, because there was people that were committed to wanting to make it good. Uh, we saw all kinds of potential uh, with the location and, and and the facility and all that good stuff. It just needed it needed a mindset change. We needed to. Uh, you know, turn the place from expecting to lose to expecting to win championships. And, and now that's kind of where we're at. We, we, we don't win every game. We're upset. And, and uh, we're trying to schedule very high majors and we're trying to win those games. So it, it's, it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun watching it from afar. I know a good friend of mine, Brian Shapiro, Chris Wynn, they go down there and played golf with Brian yesterday, said he got a chance to, to, to have you on the show and talk to you on Friday, have dinner with you. Um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a pretty cool ride and it's been cool to watch that here. Um, I'm not going to go back and get into all the UNLV hoopla stuff. Uh, you know the the way things were handled with Dave Rice. Then you took over and then everyone kind of thought, at least in our our theory, that give this guy a chance here. It didn't, but it's worked out pretty well for you. Talk about these clinics. You put on five of them now, starting after the NCAA tournament this year. Chicago, Boston, Atlanta. These coaches clinics that go on. It's the NABC um, championship basketball clinics wrapping up one here in Vegas. Talk about what those are and how people, I think you got one, there's one left still in Nashville coming up May, uh, what is that? May 20th next weekend, but talk about these clinics and what exactly you do and how people can get involved. 
Yeah, the, the, these things, uh, you know, NABC and Championship Productions have put these on for years and years, and uh, you know, they, it's it's a, a great lineup. But you know, as a as a high school guy in town, you know, we used to go to these, and, and there's 1,500 people. I guess it looks like uh, in New Orleans, and and uh, you know, coaches, high school, JUCO, um, you know. Division one, division two, division three, Canada, you name it. And we're seeing coaches from all over the place. And, you know, it's, it's a way to, to get some professional development. And I remember sitting and watching and learning from, from guys, uh, and, and these lineups are, you know, it's a great lineup. I mean, Boy Williams goes today with Dana Altman, Matt Painter, Porter Mosier, you know, so it's an honor to be amongst, uh, uh, you know, some very, very, uh, you know, great presenters and they've, they've done a lot for the game, but uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. And, and we get a chance to interact with, with these coaches and, you know, uh, coming from that level, there's a lot of innovation sitting in the stands as well. And we got a chance to, to kind of see them. And it's almost like a mini, mini convention, uh, which, so, which is, which is pretty cool. That's super cool and a, a great opportunity for a lot of people to get out there and see this again. On the line with us, Todd Simon, head coach at Southern Utah University. The Thunderbirds, tremendous success, especially the last couple years. Um, semifinals, uh, losing to the eventual champions last year in the inaugural uh, tournament. Uh, just, just, Coach, really, really cool to see this going on. And, you know, when you win, obviously you start creating expectations. And now at Southern Utah, that I'm, I imagine now the expectation is to win every year. Uh, what do you see coming up next year? What can people expect from your from your squad next season? Yeah, you, you know you're right. We, you know we're we're picked the top of the league now. We're 43 and 16 the last two years, and and uh, you know 26 and and uh, eight in, in, in the Big Sky, which has been you know a very challenging league, good league last. You know, the, you know, five six years. So we we uh, we, we kind of created the expectation. We we welcome it. We're moving to the whack now, so we're going to kind of level up, um, which which I think is a compliment. I mean, you know, we we leveled the program up to where we were appealing to a bigger conference and and can make the jump. And, and so now we're going to compete with the likes of Mexico State, Grand Canyon, Stephen F. Austin, and so it's going to be, you know, an expectation. But we're going in that league to, to win that league. And uh, we're not we're not interested in just being in the middle of pack and, and doing anything half-hearted. So yeah, that that's the fun part now, and we feel like we're recruiting at a high level, and and going to keep elevating the program uh, to remain a consistent top twenty-five mid-major program. Yeah, and and looking forward to seeing. I'm, I told Brian and Chris for sure I'm getting down next year to see a game. Not going to tell you what we talked about on the golf course. Chris Matthews, myself, Brian talking about you yesterday. And uh, but again, want to stay positive. And the positive thing was uh, you got to be getting noticed. And uh, moving into another conference is even going to make that more so. But right now at Southern Utah, wish you tremendous and continued success, Coach. Glad to have you here in Vegas for the weekend. And uh, look forward to having you on the show again next year and talk about uh, next year's conference championship absolutely no i appreciate it and uh, always listening always following along and uh and, and just grateful to have have a chance to get a chance to catch up with you I love it once again todd simon coach of southern utah thanks so much for taking out the time out this morning coach and joining us thanks brian really appreciate it absolutely it's coach and uh spence let's get right to it as we're running low on time go ahead and in fact this Facts this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. I'm sure you know this, but it is a fact 
Until yesterday, only one player in Major League Baseball history had at least 100 home runs as a hitter and 250 strikeouts as a pitcher. And that player was George Herman Ruth, otherwise known as Babe Ruth. Uh, This changed yesterday when in the Angels' 9-1 win over the A's, pitcher Shohei Otani hit his 100th career home run. And uh, guys, I, I could I could expound on this for a while. It is an incredible accomplishment, especially in today's game. And what's even more incredible is how quickly Shohei has gotten to 100 home runs. And the scary thought, Spencer, is how many home runs is this guy going to hit in his career? And how many strikeouts is he going to have when it's all said and done? Um, it's it's nothing short of miraculous. This I just want to say this real quick. And yes, what Otani did is incredible. But I also think it's worth noting how amazing it is that Babe Ruth is still talked about in sports. This guy is the pillar of MLB. We've talked about this before. He could be the most iconic athlete he in is. history. He is. Bet you people couldn't even name two people from when he was alive. He is. I always say this. You could go to Uganda and ask a 12-year-old kid who's Babe Ruth, and he's going to say a baseball player. He might not know some of the other iconic athletes. He might not know Muhammad Ali. I, you know, I think, and I would hope he would know Pele because outside of the United States, Pele is one of the most, if not the most iconic athlete ever. But ask him who Joe Lewis is or Jesse Owens. They're not going to know. They're going to know who Babe Ruth was, the most iconic athlete of all time. Real quick, guys, as we're out of time here, uh, you know, I did want to say real quick in the NBA, uh, wow, again, we've got uh, some great matchups in the NBA today going on. Game sevens uh, should be really exciting. Uh, in the Dallas-Phoenix series, that game has been an all-home series, and they've been blowouts. I don't think anything different is going to happen today. Uh, as well as Dallas play, as much fun as it is to watch Luka Doncic, the Phoenix Suns are a different team at home. Chris Paul is a different player at home. And even though I've been saying all for, for a year now that Devin Booker is the engine that runs the Phoenix Suns and makes them go not Chris Paul, without Chris Paul, they're not going to win an NBA championship. They need them both. And Chris Paul somehow at home in Phoenix, he's out of his mind, a different player on the road, especially this season in the playoffs. But they'll get by this series. Luka, great run for the Dallas Mavericks, great representation. They are going down. And in the other series, I thought Milwaukee was taking it for sure. And I was scared Milwaukee possibly was going to win an NBA championship this year again, even coming out of the four, the, the four hole. Uh, Miami, um, Miami's going to be a tough po- opponent for whoever they play in the finals. But today in Boston, the bottom line is I've been saying forever that I don't think Jason Tatum gets discussed enough when you talk about the best players in the NBA, he is one of them, and you're going to see it today as the Boston Celtics eliminate the Milwaukee Brewers from the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. How about the, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks from the playoffs? I see it happening, although I won't be surprised if Milwaukee comes through in this game. But the bottom line is, is at home, Boston, Jason Tatum, done deal. Boston Celtics move on. Listen, we're out of time. This has been out of line. I want to thank Chris Magnum Chapman back in Stadio Spencer here with me. And of course, want to thank Bojo and Coach Todd Simon for joining the show today. We'll be back next week. Check out the.